everybody. He's Ben. She's Ben. I'm Ben. We're all Ben. Because we're drinking ourselves to death just like Ben and leaving Las Vegas. You got to seek till you find why you'll never But we're still Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Ben, how are you? You've been drinking all day. But of course. <laughs> Man, every week, Ted, you ain't kidding. It's uh, it's like it's like trying to get a breath in edgewise. Was that a cup? If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. Cups and supporters. Aww. Gotta be one at all times. Was that a protective cup? No, no, that that's a mask. My oh. protective cup's like three times bigger than that. <laughs> I thought I thought at your advanced age that hole was for your weenus so you could pee. That thing? <laughs> Dude, come on. I get it's probably like way too big, but whatever. May not be long, but it can blow the sides out of a tuna can. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode 119. Thank you so much for supporting the show. While we got you started here, you can like and subscribe, ring the bell, all that stuff. We are seven and eight as the Vikings come off a, another loss. And I don't know, Ted, it's been a long season. I always enjoy my Viking seasons, but I always enjoy weekly talking football with you. That always enlightens me, Ted. How are you? I, I'm okay. How was your Christmas? Was it good? What'd you do? Chestnuts were roasting on an open <laughs> fire, Ted. Well, merry, merry belated Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, my Christmas was good. Had two of the three grandkids and, and daughter and son-in-law and a close family friend here with us. And so I, me, I got a PS5 for Christmas. Now, I, I'm not a video. I don't play video games anymore. My, my grandson, Grayson, and his little brother, Joshua, convinced Gigi that well, I had this old PS3. I was really sick of seven, eight years ago, and my youngest daughter gave me a PS3 and bought me a couple used video games to just kind of play, you know, old Madden games when I was recuperating all that. And uh, and so that we still have that hooked up, and, and Grace and I had played Madden a few times on it, and he convinced Gigi that I needed a PS5 because that old Madden was really something that Papa doesn't want to play anymore, and he really wants to play the newest version of Madden. Nudge, nudge. Not a me. Nudge, nudge. That's nuts. I haven't really played it all that much. I mean, Grayson was playing it most yesterday. I played a little bit, but it's, I mean, it's its cool, I guess, yeah. And it will be Vikings ball first and ten. Now we take a glance at the offense as they work their way back out for their first possession of the second half. And really, Charles, not much of a surprise that they're looking. Breaks the tackle. He's got room to run. And the stop here will come at the 48-yard line. I know a lot of people complain about it, but I don't go online and play it. I just kind of play solo and do the do the franchise stuff and watch the Vikings win the Super Bowl. And like any Vikings fan, then I turn the PlayStation off and weep a little bit. My heart is crying, crying, So, Ruby, how you doing? How's your Christmas with Ebenezer Drooge, as he likes to be called, apparently? Hi. Uh, we got to go inside. I have some presents for you. Uh, we just watched football, obviously, and then it sucked, and then it sucked more, and then and that was it. 
Nothing matters, and football stinks. Totally. This sucks more than anything that has ever sucked before. I mean, come on, I thought they would at least come away on the season 11 and 6. Turn something up to the maximum or beyond. So, ah, that's my favorite song. Turn it up to 11. Crank up the volume. Pump up the volume. Oh, here we go. That's probably not a reference to her fantasy football team wins this year. Is it true? 11 to 3 to 2, me being the bottom bottom number. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. I've <laughs> been watching any of the bowl games at all. I just, I'm not even into college football this year. I, after Ohio State, I, I just didn't think they had a great team. The big bowl game is happening in, in two days anyway from today. Yeah, so you're going to watch the Cotton Bowl too, I take it? <laughs> Ohio State and uh, Mizzou. Yeah, that's, that's who Ohio State's playing in Missouri, yeah. I haven't really watched nearly as much as I did last year. I mean, I haven't watched the Mayo Bowl, so. If you're a long-time viewer of the show, you know the Mayo Bowl was one of our first jokes we made, I think, on the show way back in episode one because the Wisconsin quarterback dropped the Mayo Bowl trophy and it shattered. Let's fire that up, that little clip from two years ago. There we go. Fire it up. P2020, a team from Wisconsin playing for a tub of mayonnaise to call, <laughs> to, to call themselves champions of whatever. When they, when they won the game 42-28, they splashed some Gatorade on the head coach. <laughs> They should have dumped the thing up, Miracle Whip on them. It was called Dean's Mayonnaise Bowl, and then something happened in the locker room, and they destroyed the thing. The quarterback broke the Mayo Bowl trophy. <laughs> when I go to the grocery store and oh. I want to get mayonnaise, I get it in a plastic jar. Yeah. I, the, what, how do you not make your Mayo Bowl trophy a big plastic tub of mayonnaise? <laughs> How do you not? Yeah, I just haven't been into football. Neither of my teams have been good, or I thought they were going to be good, and that turned out not to be whatever. We didn't have a live show on Christmas Eve after that Lions game, so let me get your, like, one, two-minute synopsis here. Everything hurts, and I'm dying. You know, Mullins is like the, the hot chick you think you can get, and you, like, kind of go out on a date with her, and you're like, wow, this is really going well. And then she does something kind of questionable, like, Kind of closes a nostril and hocks a loogie right on the table. The uh, the regular, like, well, maybe that's just, well, that's kind of weird. But maybe I can overlook that. Thought maybe we might be looking for a date. A date? What are you, a hooker? Maybe I can overlook that. And then, and then you're kind of going along with dinner, and she she lets out this this heinous fart that like just disgustingly gags the entire room. You're like, I, I hmm, I, no, I don't, I don't think this is it. Ooh. Oh, my God. That's Nick Mullins to me. I I don't know. And then TJ Hawkinson's out, tore his ACL and MCL, I believe it was. And DJ Wanham is out, going to be on IR, done for the rest of the year. And now the thing is, with those guys, with the extent of those injuries, will they be ready to go for training camp next year? I mean, Hawkinson's knee injury looks pretty serious, and it just just stinks, man. I don't know. What were your thoughts on the game? I thought it sucked. Sucks! This just sucks! It was pretty much right along what you said about the hawking a loogie. And matter of fact, I was at a beach party once in San Diego when I was 17. Everybody's sitting around this pallet fire. You get a lot of 11 pallets going, you got a blaze going. There's this one girl I kind of had my eye on, and she's sitting like five seats away from me. Fire's raging. She got up, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'll make my move. And she just cracks this, like, nine-second growler, dude. 
And I thought, wow, I'm either going to marry that girl or I'm, or I'm instantly turned off. It's, it felt like an, another Viking game where you feel like you got a chance, but you know in the end you're not going to have a chance. Yeah. I mean, considering all that he's had to deal with with the backup quarterback and everything, KOC kind of had that game. And I thought they were going to score in the last drive, but, you know, the Lions called an amazing offensive game. Ben Johnson, he called a great game for the Lions. They had good mixture, run and pass, had some misdirection going. And then we had the horrible injuries on top of it, but I don't know. I was disappointed. It feels like we made too many big critical errors again, and we didn't get the handful of plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's gone that way for the Vikings pretty much the entire year. That's why they're now 7-8 and eight and on the outside looking in. Hard for me to get worked up for Packers week. The Vikings, you know, longtime arch rival. I just, I'm not saying I'm mailing it in this week, folks. I'm just saying it's between Christmas and New Year's and nothing gets done, and that's kind of where I am attitude-wise. You know, Ted, if they lose at home this week, this will be the most home losses since 2011 when we had one home win. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, a lot of injuries and stuff, but this season has just been such a terrible disappointment. But you know what's not a disappointment, Drew Bunning? What's that? PurplePainForms and VikingsReport.com. Those are two great websites. PurplePainForms, way better than your typical social media outlets like Twitter and some of those Vikings Facebook pages. I don't think you'll find on purplepainforms.com people pining away for Kyle Hamilton the way they pine for him <laughs> on social media. Drew, I hope Ruby pines for you the way Vikings fans pine for Kyle Hamilton. My God, let it go. You just you just passed the Piggly Wiggly. Now you turn this car around right now. Do you understand me? Turn it around. You're going too fast. Slow down. Go to Purple Pain Forums and check them out. Go to our site, vikingsreport.com. Great links to the prize vault. Eventually, we're going to have a live show again. We'll give more prizes away. Check the prize vault out and check out our website, too. Two great websites, Purple Plain Forms and vikingsreport.com. Are you ready to light the candle and get on with this? Ted! <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that'll get me in the mood. Yeah, sure, yeah. Ted, I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix this little problem? Get back on the wind track and light this candle. Please light this candle. He's right. For the love of God, can you get a win and light this candle? <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever. Light the candle. Bye. All right. I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. He's got a gunslinger mentality with a with a noodle arm. I mean, he can't make the gunslinger throws. Oh. I saw a thing earlier this week where the Vikings are seriously considering going Jaron Hall. They're technically still in the playoff race. 
do you play Hall these last two games? And then what do you do for 2024 with, with Kirk coming back as a free agent and potentially healthy? Uh, you know, you and I have talked about this. Kirk is not the future of this football team. But if Kirk Cousins is not hurt, and, and by that I mean you have to find a quarterback in the future because Kirk Cousins is 36, going to be 37, got this injury. But if Kirk Cousins is healthy, I think we can make a strong argument that the Vikings might have won this division. So what do you do? If Kirk Cousins hadn't got hurt, we'd be winning the division right now. We'd be ahead of Detroit. There's at least four or five games he would have won. Let that be said for when all the people make fun of Kirk Cousins all the time. Bet you're missing him now. He's not the future. He's going to have the torn Achilles, and he's going to, what is he, 39 next year or something? 36. What is with Viking quarterbacks? They start out good, then they go to shit after about four weeks. He's got more turnovers than McDonald's, man. Yeah, you can you can look at the turnover rack pie, and there's not as many as Nick Moles will give you. I wouldn't be bummed if they started Jaron Hall. I wouldn't because it might give the team a spark and a shot in the arm, but for some reason, I think this this week's game against the Packers, the big rivalry with the Packers, I think this is going to be the game when everything starts rolling our way. For one, at least one game of the season, we're going to get all the calls of these ridiculous officials. We're going to get some turnovers, and I think we're going to play well. But maybe start Hall, and if it's not what you want at halftime and it's still close, maybe change back. It, this whole quarterback thing is going to be a this guy in, this guy out. It's going to be all that shit until the end of the year because we don't know what we're doing. I don't know what. Yeah. You tell me if we keep Kirk Cousins because I, I, I don't know. You can make arguments. I mean, you can make good arguments on both sides to either bring him back or move on with him. To bring him back, obviously, we see what this Vikings offense looks like without Kirk Cousins. They would not have gone thirteen and four last year without him. I mean, how many last-minute game-winning drives did Cousins engineer? as the quarterback of the Vikings offense. They don't go 13 and 4 last year. They're probably close to 13 and 4 this year. I truly believe that if he stays I do healthy. Too. He ain't losing to the Bears 12 to 10 at home. He's not. He's not. No, no Come he's on. not. That said, the Vikings brought Kirk Cousins in in 2018 to get them over the hump and go to the Super Bowl because they had gone to the NFC Championship in 2017. They felt the quarterback upgrade was all they needed. Now, it's not all Kirk's fault. I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's not all Kirk's fault. But since 2018, 18, 19, 21, 22, 23, six years, if my math is correct, they made two playoff appearances, one playoff win. So the results haven't been there. We already said he's north of 35 going into next year. If you give him market value money, do you have enough to retain Daniil Hunter, Christian Derrissaw, extend Justin Jefferson? I don't know. I mean, I guess, can you work numbers to make that happen? Yeah, maybe. You work numbers on your future. Jefferson's the future. All the guys you just mentioned, I mean, if you have to sacrifice one sort of scale or another, it would be him. But is JJ going to want to come back when we have a rookie quarterback? I know he doesn't like playing with these guys he's playing with now which both these guys you're looking at now won't be around next year. Hall will still be there for training camp, but Dobbs will be gone. Mullins will be gone. I don't know what to do with Kirk Cousins. I mean, look at the numbers JJ's put up with him being quarterback. He's won us a lot of football games. And Lord knows if we had him this year, we'd have done a lot better. But I don't I don't know if your future is with that the guy. With, who knows who's going to come back after this injury either, Ted? I mean, he wasn't too mobile to begin with. I kind of think sign all those guys you just said. I think we should get a rookie and just like, I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm waiting till March when I can listen to all these other podcasts. Tell me who we should trade up for. That's the big <laughs> thing. I trade up. 
We got to trade our all of our picks for the next five years to trade for some guy from Florida who's played nine college games. Yeah, it's a, every year it's the same thing. We got to trade up for this guy. We got to trade up for this guy. It's not about trading up. You're just gonna screw it up more than it's already screwed up. I'm fifty percent. You want to have a chance to win with Kirk and his experience, but you want you want to get motivated with a, a rook guy in a rookie deal could maybe turn into the Mahomes thing. You know, I don't know. I'd be okay with Kirk coming back for one year. I wouldn't want to give him a fully guaranteed deal. I'm not saying he's elite, Ted, but you have to factor in one. You you got a superstar wide receiver. You got to bring back here. You yeah. got to bring back here. Yeah, you do. If you don't have Kirk Cousins, do you not have a shot? Because you can't be in the boat. I don't have a shot. It sucks. This year has sucked, which is going to lead to an offseason of a lot more uncertainty than there should have been. Even if Jaron Hall plays the next two games and throws 12 touchdowns and two picks, is he the guy next year? In eight games, Kirk Cousins threw 18 touchdowns and five interceptions. In a combined seven games, Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins, and Jaron Hall have thrown nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions. No, I, I don't think any one of those guys are it, but I don't think Kirk Cousins coming back is a certainty either. And if he's not, then what is your plan if it's not Kirk? If it's going to be, you know, Jaron Hall might be the guy, then I would think you'd want to get him some meaningful game reps because technically the Vikings are still in it. I mean, look, I, I think between Seattle and the Rams, if the Vikings can win their final two, I'm not saying they will, either Seattle or the Rams has to lose one of their last two games. And, and if that happens, the Vikes can get in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I would think maybe playing Jaron Hall to give you an idea of what you want to do heading the offseason might not be a bad thing. Again, everybody, Robert W. Fosworth here. This week, our boys in purple will try to win a game at home where they have struggled eminently against Matt. Cram it up your cram hole of fluid. Jordan loves stinks and the dastardly, despicable Green Bay Packers. Can the Vikings keep hope alive or just head into the offseason? We'll find out. All right, we'll slide off to the side like we always do. We'll put up our big board, and we'll give you a big Vikings report, Drew and Ted big board preview. Both the Vikings and the Packers sit at 7 and 8 on the outside looking in. As always, we start with quarterback. We finish with the intangibles. So who's starting this week for the Vikings, Drew? Mullins or Jaron Hall? You could go either way, but uh, quarterback, I, I think he, you almost have to give it to Love just because of his experience over the two guys. You know, you don't, you don't want to give it to all these other quarterbacks. I didn't want to give it to Browning or any, you know, but what do you do when you look at the Vikings quarterback? How do you give him a check mark? You got to give mine to the Packer. Love is third in the third in the league in touchdown passes. That's, that's unbelievable. If he's third in the league in touchdown passes, how can I give a check mark to Mullins? You can't. Jordan Love stinks. I don't care that he's third in the NFL. <laughs> I don't care that he's got, what, 3,500 yards passing. He's not that good. He does not throw an accurate deep ball. I mean, all his yardage is are short throws and dudes running after the catch. If you if you could tackle a Packers receiver as soon as he catches the ball, he's like probably 20th or 21st in the NFL in passing. But he's better than 
Nick Mullins or George, Jaron Hall, whoever starts. So, yeah, Jordan Love. And as you see, we give them stinky cheese. They don't get a helmet. <laughs> Run game. You know, Drew, last week the Minnesota Vikings ran, I think, a total of seven times. I think it was 11 for 17 or something. 11 for 17, yeah. Ty Chandler had a touchdown early in the first quarter running the ball, and then they just pretty much abandoned the running game. They have fallen to, what, uh, 27th in the NFL yeah. in, in running the ball. Yeah, Packers still have A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones. I don't think either one of those guys have been particularly good this year compared to past seasons, but they're still better than the Vikings running game. I'm giving this to the Packers. I, too, see no way except to give the check mark to the Packers. I don't know why they abandoned the run that quick last week. I probably wouldn't have. It wasn't that we couldn't run the football, but we didn't really give it the opportunity. I mean, we got rid of it pretty quick, and it kind of surprised me. Uh, I think it can do better than that. Even though in the first game in week eight, Green Bay outrushed us 74-62, to 62, we still managed to win that game. Mm-hmm. So I think the run games are about equal, but when you look at the personnel, you got to give Green Bay the edge in the run game. I hope we could shut them down, but... Uh, we said last week that the Lions get 140 yards rushing, we lose, and they got 143. Yep. So they're getting about 100 yards a game. We're going to have to hold them to close to that. We can't let them exceed that. But that team from Wisconsin gets my check mark for the running backs, Ted. What about receiving game? Both teams are beat up really bad. I mean, if you look at we know we all know about the Viking injuries with Addison and Hawkinson. You look at the Packers, they're down Watson. And that Reed guy who's been mm-hmm. coming on the last month or so, he's turned into their, like, number one guy because he, he runs the jet sweeps and he catches passes. Mm-hmm. And that Wicks guy got hurt last week who's been coming on week after week after week. They have three guys hurt on their on their receiving squad. So even though the Vikings have the injuries they have, Jefferson will be the best receiver in this game. Osborne had a great game last week. Finally. And yeah. I think our boy Powell can play. I still give the Vikings the receiving edge, even though I gave Green Bay the quarterback. I think this week, I think the Vikings, like I said, are going to get the bounces. They're going to get the calls. Without Kirk Cousins since week eight, the Vikings are still third in passing offense. Mm-hmm. How how they do that? How do they pull that off? Well, they throw for a pile of yards. They just turn the ball over every other drive. That's true. I still like our third-ranked passing offense against their 13th-ranked passing defense. So I'm going yeah. to give the receiving nod to the Vikings. They said Jordan Addison is day-to-day. I would like to think he'll play. If he comes back, I think the clear advantage is with the Vikings. Even, like you said, if not, if it's just just Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, and Brandon Powell, I, I still like that. And don't overlook Josh Oliver. I mean, I think the very first pass play of the game was to Josh Oliver, and he, yeah. he rumbled and bumbled for, like, what, 25 or 30 yards. So I think he can be a decent backup. He's not going to replace the production of a guy like T.J. Hawkinson. He's not dead, but he's a better blocker than Hawkinson. He is, but there was a play uh, late in the game, I think, where Mullins threw to Johnny Munt, and it was kind of back shoulder. You had to kind of turn around and catch it. Do you know what play I'm talking about? You messaged me, Hawkins, when I had that, and I just threw you that, yeah. So don't look for really great catches from, you know, difficult catches from the tight ends now that Hawkins is out, but I, I think Josh Oliver can be, be an okay backup. So, yeah, I'm still going to give the receiving game to the Vikings. Offensive line, you know, the Packers are beat up there, too, as well. They've, they've had injuries. I like the Vikings' offensive line. I thought they played better last week. For as good as the defensive line the Detroit Lions have, I, I thought even with Brian O'Neill out, the Vikings' O-line did a pretty good job of keeping Nick Mullins upright. Hopefully, O'Neill returns this week, although Dan Questenberry, 
I thought played very well in his absence. I, I like the Vikings line here. I had a push on this, but unless we have O'Neal come back, I'm not giving us the check mark over the Packers. I'm going to give the Packers a check mark. Okay. The Vikings offensive line, which has played better than average all season, but you know what? In the trenches, better than average isn't good enough. You got to be like really good. And uh, the last three weeks, the Vikings have allowed 12 sacks, five and four and a three between the Bengals, the Raiders, and now the Lions. That's not looking good. And that's part of the problem for the quarterbacks. For some reason, we're letting the pressure get in there. I had it pretty close all the way down the line, Ted, but. You know, I had to give it to the uh, Green Bay Packers for the offensive line. I don't know. I hate doing that. Dalton Reisner is really the real deal. Yeah. What a pickup he's been. What about the front seven? Wow, this was really tough. Wanham, who is half of our sack total for the, uh, yeah, him and Hunter were, were the two sack leaders. Losing him. I think Wanham and Metellus are the two best players on the team, on the defense this year. Along with, you could throw Hicks in there too, but Wanham's been a really, really good player. Really consistent, really solid. Quay Walker and Rashawn Gary. Without Wanham, I think that's the difference in my front seven vote. I have to give the Stinky Cheese Award on that because it, that is a big loss. The Vikings are going to have to yeah. overcome that. So I had to give the Stinky Cheese the check mark. Harrison Phillips just got bullied last week. He did not have a good game. Josh Myers is a, is a really good center. I just think with Wanham out, Hicks back was a huge deal for the Vikings defense. I thought I thought Hicks had made a great play, a strip sack fumble that had been a scoop and score by Bynum that was overturned. The last two or three weeks, I think the Vikings defense, well, since the Raiders game has, has sort of been exposed, both the Bengals and Detroit have done a very good job attacking the Vikings defense in the short passing game and keeping them off balance with the run. And the Vikings Rush has not been getting home like it has been from earlier in the season. I'm going to give the front seven edge to Green Bay here. And it's kind of a bummer for the Vikings front seven because they've been playing their ass off all year and the offense has been losing games. They, they should have beat the Bears and the Broncos. The defense has been playing lights out all year. But, yeah, it, it's, it's tough to see, Ted. In the secondary, I was really thinking about giving this to the Vikings. and that Byron Murphy was out. Mikai Blackman got hurt. I mean, at one point, the Vikings were down to, like, their sixth cornerback. Just think it really depends on the injury status of guys like Blackman. And uh, Caleb Evans got pulled for not playing well. I mean, it wasn't an injury. He was just, you know, guys like Najee Thompson were playing ahead of him, which was not good at all. He missed some big tackle. Yeah, he did. Hopefully, Blackman is back. Hopefully, Murphy is back. If they're both back, I think it's close to a push. With the way things stand right now, I'm going to have to give the edge to Green Bay. They depend a lot on their safeties, the way Green Bay rolls their coverage. They play their coverage. Savage got hurt, and he's like the main guy back there, I think, besides that one corner they have, Alexander. I am still, for this game, I'm going to give it to the Vikings, and I'm going to tell you why. I think the Vikings figure out how to generate enough pressure like they did in the first game. They had four sacks on him the first game on Love. Green Bay couldn't really get anything going. I think KOC... Game plans pretty well against that team from Wisconsin. Even though we missed, you know, not having Murphy in there is kind of a difference. But uh, I think for this game, the Vikings secondary is going to play better. Not that I think okay. that man for man, they're a better unit all the way through the season. But I think this game, this game, like I said, we're going to get bounces and we're going to get some turnovers. This is the game all year. We're going to say, why haven't we got these calls all year? So I'm going to give the Vikings a check mark for secondary. Red zone, the Vikings are 26th in offense, 7th in defense. The Packers are 22nd in offense, 17th on defense. Vikings, sure, whatever. Unless Nick Mullins throws an interception. 
because he damn near did on uh, on that first touchdown pass against Detroit. Unless you know, maybe Jaron Hall plays and he'll run it in and he'll get to the two and get hit and get another concussion. I, I, I like I'm so down on this team right now. Losing coffee up, isn't he? Isn't he? Golly. Yeah, Vikings, whatever. <laughs> this is the game where they think they're going to come up with some really big plays down there. I have been kind of a little bit happier about KOC's red zone, the yeah. play calling down there, at least getting down there. This game is going to be close. It's going to be within two or three points, and I think the Vikings' red zone is going to be the difference. I don't know what we had them in the – I think they held them one for four or something on, on red zone the first game. I'm going to give the Vikings a red zone check, Ted. What do you got for special teams? I had to give this to the Packers. I basically was reviewing the return game, the kicking game. Their kicker sucks, too. He's got a bunch of missed extra points and field goals, too. And it would yeah. be great if Carlson, his brother, missed three field goals against us. Wouldn't that be great? They're brothers? Yeah. The kicker of the Packers is the brother of Daniel Carlson. Anders Carlson and Daniel Carlson are brothers. I did not yes. know that. Right there. That's a tasty tidbit. Yeah, they are brothers. But he's not having that great of a season either. Look at his field no. goals attempted compared to field goals made. I mean, he's pretty solid inside the 40, but he's missed a bunch too. And uh, Joseph, he's a Packer beater. The return games are about equal. I'm going to give the special teams to the Packers, though, because when it came right down to it, I looked at the rankings on them from a mm -hmm. few different websites, and they're ranked pretty high in the league. And they factor in like 100 different things. So yeah, I have to play the numbers on this. And I have to give it to the stinky cheese. Yeah, me too. I just, I'm not sold on Greg Joseph being able to make a game winning field goal this year, like he did last year. You know, when he, when he blasted that 61 yard or whatever it was against the Giants. And you tell me it's up to Joseph to hit a 60 yarder to win a game this year. I don't know. Don't have it come down to that then. Yeah, true. That's very true. Seems like an impossibility with this team this year, but, but we'll see. Greg Joseph is just still not very accurate. He's made his last two or three in a row, I think it is, though. So he's he's getting better, and that's good. I think Ryan Wright kind of had a midseason slump, but he's getting better as well. You know, I'm going to give it to the Vikes. I'm going to give the special teams to the Vikings. I think Kene Wangu almost broke a kick return last week. If he gets a chance this week, I think he's going to. I think he's going to bust one. Coaching, what do you got for coaching? I think they have a better head coach than we got in terms of play calling and uh, mixing it up. But we have a superior defensive coordinator compared to them. Carolina was moving the ball really easy on the Packers last week. And if Carolina can move the ball and you can't, then you suck. Come on, dude. <laughs> Get it together. I am giving the Vikings the coaching staff this week because I think KOC, the best team he prepares for in his career so far, has been the team from Wisconsin. So Vikings, I agree. Your defensive coordinator on the Packers, he sucks balls. Joe Barry is Green Bay's version of Ed Donatel. He's absolutely terrible to everybody. Everybody I follow on, on social media that is a Green Bay fan wants Joe Barry gone, much like we all wanted Ed Donatel gone. Matt LaFleur said, although encouragingly, Matt LaFleur has said there is uh, no intention to replace Joe Barry right now, which means Matt, cram it up your cram hole. LaFleur is a dope. So I give the coaching edge to the Minnesota Vikings. Christ's sake, I'd rather have Brandon Staley. <laughs> what about intangibles, Drew? I got one intangible for you, Ted. What is it? Injuries. Both teams are banged up. I mean, look at that. Look at the Packers injury list. It's, it's pretty long right down the road. But I think whichever team can overcome the injuries better is going to win this game. I think it, it's going to be close all the way down the line. 
Let me put it to you this way. Hawkinson's not playing. Say Hawkinson and Addison aren't playing. In the first meeting, Hawkinson and Addison had 13 catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. But Justin Jefferson was out that game, though, correct? I think he was. He was. Because he, he was injured that Kansas City game. So Hawkinson had six catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Addison had seven catches for 82, including that perfect, like, short, skinny route touchdown. Wanham had two sacks. He's gone. And Makai Blackman allowed no catches on his targets. Take into consideration all those things I just mentioned. That's the intangible for me. Can you overcome your injuries? That's a very good intangible. I'm going to say I would have picked that, but they had all those injuries last week at the end of the Detroit game. And the Vikings still had an opportunity right. to win, and turnovers cost them. The Minnesota Vikings are now back to 30th in the NFL in turnovers at minus nine. Minus nine. I mean, they had damn near gotten to the teens. They had done a very good job from, I think, week five through the Saints game, other than that Atlanta game where Dobbs had two turnovers in the first quarter, where the Vikings had done a very good job of not turning the ball over, and more importantly, winning the turnover battle. That is gone. I don't think they have to be plus three against Green Bay. I think they have to be at least even. If they can get out of this game even or plus one at minimum in the turnover battle, I think they can win this game, even with Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall versus Jordan Love and and whoever. Both teams are injured, and, and everybody's dealing with injuries this time of the year. So I think it's a very even battle with that to begin with, but when you factor in the turnovers, if the Vikings continue turning over the ball at, I would say, damn near a record rate, there's no chance they're going to win this game. So that's my intention. It's a pretty easy breakdown for me in terms of the summary. If we go to the summary now, I mean, the run defense of the Packers is terrible. It's 30th. So if the Vikings can establish some kind of run against them, it's going to open everything else back up. I think it comes down to that. I think the Vikings will get more turnovers in this game. I have them getting three and the, and the Packers getting one. The first time we played them, we held the Packers to 270 yards of offense, which is good for modern-day football. They had the time of possession, 36-23 to 23, the first time they played them. They sacked Love four times, and they held the Packers to 5 of 14 on third down. The game plan is very simple, Ted. They, gotta, they run the football. Don't turn it over, and they will win this game. And I think they do win this game. I, I got them staying alive, staying alive. I got them winning by a field goal. Whoever the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings is going to be, whether it's Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, or even Josh Dobbs at this point, look, look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Hold on to the football. Don't, don't turn it over, especially in the red zone. And, and Kevin O'Connell, run the ball. I have to start Ty Chandler as my flex guy, and I'm playing in my fantasy football championship, and I've got Ty Chandler. So help a brother out here. <laughs> no, I hear you, Ted. You're exactly right. Look look what I got. This is a beautiful 14-karat gold Vikings money clip, and I'm wearing it this week because the Vikings need to be money to win this game. So I got my, my money clip. There's no money in it. it. I don't have money, Ted. I just got the clip. Kind of like the Vikings season. If they don't turn the ball over, they're probably winning more games. The Vikings are still entertaining, but very frustrating. I was bummed that Christmas Eve. I thought we were going to win it with the last drive, but we think that every week. And they got to take their frustration out on somebody, and it's going to be this week. Let's hope so. So that's a preview for the week. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap up the shoe. (laughs) 
YouTube. What the heck is going on around here? I'm all year long. Whoa. Oh, I, I, I'm a dog. I don't understand. Yeah. That's all right. All right, so that is our show. Episode 119 is in the books. Drewster, as always, uh, I love doing the show, as frustrated as I am. And, folks, if I came off as too negative on this show, I'm sorry. It's just been a very frustrating season. I just want the team to do better. I want to see a Super Bowl win before I die. And it just seems more and more apparent with each passing week, at least this year. That's not going to happen. But I still have fun talking about Minnesota Vikings football with you and our buddy Chris Gates, and the egotistical yet still lovely and talented 11-win Toonses this year. Anyways, I'll try to do better the next time. Brother, take us home. You're not going to give me any love? Michigan sucks. Ted, always great talking football with you. You bring a lot to this. You bring always bring everything to this show. But doing these previews is really, it's a fun thing to really get into the teams and figure out where, where you really, you know, where you think the Vikings are going to sit with the whole thing. I don't know what's going to happen for next year. I don't want to worry about next year till we finish this year. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, Ted, you're never negative on this show. You're just realistic. Thank you, people, for playing in our contest. Remember, we got two weeks. We got two contests both weeks as we end this thing out. Uh, no, we're not going to end out. We got playoff run coming, Ted. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> oh, my God.